Today I want to talk about reasons why we must follow hard after God. Why is it necessary to follow hard after God? Amen. And it's all in Philippians chapter 3. So come with me to Philippians chapter 3. We are reading from verse 1 to as far as we can get. Amen. Is that all right? Then we'll put a pause on it. We'll continue maybe another time. Is that okay? Because this message looks like a camp message, isn't it? Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord for me to write the same things to you. The baby has grown so beautiful. Can I take take him home? I'll bring the way, the way he's looking at me, sure. Uh, no, it's okay, it's okay. I, also, I only asked. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. I was sharing the message with a bishop friend of mine. And he said, what title is this, Beware of Dogs? I say it's in the Bible. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit and in truth. Rejoice in, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if anything else, If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel and of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Amen. Verse 9, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. If by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Therefore, let as many as are matured have these, this mind. In, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it even to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us by the same let us be of the same mind. Our citizenship is in heaven. I will end it here because I don't think we can go past verse 16. Is that okay? Right. So why do we need to pursue God? Why do we need to follow hard after God? Paul was saying that the reason why we need to follow hard after God is because they are dogs, number one. The first reason why we need to follow hard is that there are people whose main goal and main aim is to dissuade you, is to trip you from following after God. I don't know whether you understood what I said. There are some people who have been planted by Satan in the church and their main goal and their main aim is to trip you. In John chapter 10 verse 10, it says that the devil doesn't come 
for nothing. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Hallelujah. If Satan is going to appear anywhere, and please don't make a mistake, Satan comes to church. Can I say that again? Satan comes to church. Bible says in Job chapter 1, and the sons of God gathered together. And Satan also came. And uh, God asked Satan, from whence cometh thou? And he said, from walking to and fro here. Hallelujah. Then God said to Job, have you considered my servant Job? How there is no one like him upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. So it means that when the sons of God gathered, he didn't say church members. Sons of God. I think sons of God are, are an elevated class over the church. I don't know whether you understood what I'm saying. When we say ch- church members gathered, it's different from the sons of God gathering. The sons of God are of a certain class. Anointed, spirit-filled, in a certain realm of anointing, a certain realm of holiness, in a certain realm of, uh, what do you call it, calling and grace of God. They gathered, and in their midst, Satan was there. So if, if say, for the, the church members are in the premiership, the, the sons of God are in the continental, they are playing the continental league, Champions League. Are you with me? So in the upper realms of holiness, Satan is there. So don't think that because you see the person on stage, the person cannot be Satan. Don't think that because you see the person in church all the time and you see them when it's 5.30 a.m. prayers, they join, it means they cannot be Satan. Are you with me? Satan is everywhere. And Satan will use anybody and everybody to trip you. The fact that they have a certain title by their name doesn't mean that they cannot be Satan. That is why Paul is saying that beware of dogs. Dogs are everywhere. And that is why you need to follow hard because your following hard is an insurance to your surviving. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If you don't follow hard, it's just a little trip and you are down. You know, when you learn how to ride a bike, the faster you run, the more secured you are on the bike. Are you with me? When the bike is slow, it's unsteady. And you can easily fall. So when they are teaching you to ride, they teach you how to maybe push with one leg whilst one is on the, uh, what do you call it, the pedal. And then as it gains momentum, then you can put the other leg on so you can move. Because the, the quicker the bike is going, the more steady it is. Am I making sense? In the same way, the faster you are running or the harder you run in Christ, the more stable you are. If you are not, it's like one leg in, one leg out, and you want to, the least trip, you are down. So Paul is saying that follow hard because there are dogs. Amen. And then he went on to say that apart from dogs, apart from dogs, you have evil workers. They are workers. They are not idlers. They are in the church. They are working. They are in the choir. They are in the ashes. They are in the prayer department. They are in the uh, follow-up. They are in the evangelism team. Wherever you, they are workers, but they are also part of those that are categorized as dogs. They are evil in their workings. And we have looked at the way they work. They start by accusing. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Hallelujah. So anytime you are in church, this is how you know that you are dealing with a dog or an evil worker or a mutilator when they start to criticize often the leadership of the church. Because 
I said to you that the way, when they poison the leadership, they poison your feeding station. And when your feeding station is poisoned, you can't drink. And when you can't drink, you become dehydrated. And when you become dehydrated, you can't run. And when you can't run, you become a prey to the dogs, the wolves. Have you watched uh, wildlife? The, the lions, they don't run very, very far. They run in short bursts of steps. I don't know whether you understand that. They have quick sprints, but they don't go far. Deer can run long distance and fast. So deer, they will do like 400 meters. For lion, they only do 100 meters. So a deer who does 200 meters can escape. So what they do is that they conserve energy. Because 100 meter runners are not people who have a lot of energy. You understand? That is why when you get a 400 meter runner running 200 or 100, they usually finish faster. When they have speed, they always win because 100 meter, they lose speed. They lose momentum after a certain distance. Lions are like that. I don't know whether you understand me. I don't know why I'm, maybe because I'm looking at Chelis, that's why I'm using athletics. <laughs> but so the way they, they operate is they try to go for the weakest who cannot run fast longer. Or they cut. So when they, 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 they may be a pack of uh, deer they are going this way, they will cut. They will isolate one. And the way they isolate them is to block their path. And when they block their path, they become disoriented and they become, you know, easy prey. In the same way, evil workers, they always, they don't come for the pack. They isolate you. Why is that you are the only one that people are always pointing and telling the mistakes of the church and the pastor? It's because they have identified your ears. I don't know whether you understand. They've identified that they can talk into your ears. It's not everybody that people can uh, uh, go to them and talk about some things. Why is that you are the only one that can come to you and talk to you about something? It means you, your ear is not good. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The reason why we have two ears is because we must hear more than we talk. So the Bible says, be careful how you hear. It's not everything you must hear. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. It's not every conversation you must be inside. See, my ears are too delicate for me to lend them to you. And I'm not very uh, nice. I always say to my friends that I'm, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a pastoral grace. You know, you have pastors. Like Pastor, pastor William is a pastor. They have that grace of me. I don't have it. I can operate as a pastor, but I don't have the grace. <laughs> so I won't sit there and listen to nonsense. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'll confront it right now. Especially when the person is somebody that feeds me. I won't allow you to poison the food I eat. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If I eat from here, I won't allow you to poison it. But when you poison, what am I supposed to be eating? It means you want to kill me. You are no longer a friend. You are an enemy. That is how I see you. And I don't, I'm not nice towards enemies. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. I mean, if Pastor Sam is the one who feeds me, and you are coming to poison me about Pastor Sam, what am I going to eat? I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. After that, I can't eat anymore, which means that I have to die. So the Bible said, beware. And I've shown you how to deal with dogs. Say, so, hey, my church is not up for discussion. 
You can talk about next door church, but don't talk about my church. Mm. Professional mothers. Mm. We like playing with them more. We play with them for five minutes after we give them to you back here and go and sleep. <laughs> don't, don't get confused when the people are carrying your children. They will carry only for 10, 20 minutes after that. If you are the one who are going, who's going to have sleepless nights. This one, see how nice they are. Give it 11 o'clock. That is when they start. 1 a.m. when the sleep is sweet, then they say, no, it's time for conference. Anyways, so where are we? So, beware of dogs. Amen. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the mutilators. They come with a lot of nice words. They come, why doesn't the church do this? Why don't they do that? Who were the biggest critics of Jesus? The Pharisees. If he was a man of God, he would know the kind of woman is who is touching him. If the pastor is, he will know. Somebody was like about three or four people decided that they will be praying for me. In this church, they said they will be praying for me. Then one of them came for their meeting and said that, oh, they had a dream. And the dream was that I was sleeping with the girls in the church. In this church, not another church, this church. So they should pray for me. So, <laughs> in case I'm sleeping with the girls, I should stop. <laughs> Or, uh, I don't know. And nobody told me this story. This story I'm telling, nobody told me. I was in the room. As I'm saying, all four of them don't come to church anymore. So, mutilators. It's like a prayer topic. Harmless prayer topic. But that topic is poison that has killed everybody. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Because when I say that beware of dogs, I know what I'm talking about. When I say beware of evil workers, I know what I'm talking about. As, as I told you, I've been doing this work for a very long time, so I know some of these things. Yeah. Amen. None of them, none of the four told me the story. But my spirit was in the room when they were saying it. I know exactly who said it and what was the response of everybody. And as I speak to you, none of them are in church. Hallelujah. Number. No, all these, I said they are dogs. So, the dogs, the different types of dogs are the evil workers and mutilators. So, no, no, no. So, this is number one. Write your notes well. No, 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 no. No, no. no. This is, so we are going to number two. Ah, didn't you read a scripture with me? Ah. No, no. It go back to Philippians chapter 3. We are reading. It's all, everything that I'm saying to you, they are in Philippians chapter 3. I don't know whether you are reading, you are seeing them as I'm seeing them. No, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of mutilation. So it's like, beware of dogs. And the dogs are evil workers and mutilators. So 1A, 1B, 1C. <laughs> Amen. And then, you see, what uh, he was saying is that 
Beware of dogs. I, I gave you the background to this chapter, isn't it? The, and he said that, so he, the next verse was to defend himself about the poison that the dogs were giving out. So he said that, the reason I'm telling you to beware of dogs is because they're circumcision. They worship God in spirit. If there's anybody who has to have confidence in the flesh, I'm more than these people who are talking. Because if it comes to the Pharisee clause, I'm more of a Pharisee than them. If it talks up, if you're talking about circumcision, I am more circumcised than them. When you talk about zeal, I have more zeal than them. Because I was persecuting the church. I was killing people. None of them talking about against me killed anybody. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrew. Concerning zeal, I have more zeal than them. So we are now in verse 7. Amen. So are you okay with me so far? Are you following? Have you written your notes well? Okay. So verse 7. He says that, but whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. I'm reading the ESV version. Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So number two, reason why we must follow hard in, is in order to gain Christ. Because our following hard will make us lose these things. You know that it, dogs are friends in the church. Oh, you didn't know that. They are friends. But if you are going to really run hard, you have to lose them. The evil workers, they are friends. They are colleague workers in the church. But you have to lose them if you want to gain Christ. The circumcision, they are also part of workers in the church. But if you really want to gain Christ, you must lose them. So Paul is saying that for, I have lost. These guys, I used to be with them. I am a Hebrew like them. I used to persecute the church. Then I had a change. And now I am preaching to you. And they have come to attack me. So that they can get you. So all the things that I gained in terms of the reputation and everything, I count them as loss because I want to gain Christ. Amen. You see that three times in this particular passage, Paul talks, this verse, the following verse, the following three verses, he talks about everything, I count them for as loss. I count them as loss. I count them as rubbish. I count them as rubbish. When somebody's telling that he counts the thing as loss, it means that he really liked the thing three times. <laughs> Because Paul used to really revel in his achievement, in his, uh, in his religious, uh, religiousness, and in his uh, the, the prowess, his, his knowledge. Paul was known for his knowledge, his academics, the way his inter- intellectuality that he had. He had studied hard. So he boasted in that Pharisee things. And he had to lose all for Christ. So he kept on saying that I've lost all. I count them as rubbish. I've lost all. I've lost all. I've lost all because I want to gain Christ. It was painful. It was painful for him. For you to lose the most precious thing that you boast about. The nice people you, you the people you used to go and eat in their house all the time. You used to spend majority of your spare times in their house. And I have to lose all. It will be painful. But that is what you need to do if you want to gain Christ. Hallelujah. I remember in a many, many, this was many, many years ago when I first came to this country. Um, 
the church that I used to go, there was this brother who was like an elder brother. He had been there. When I say an elder brother, you, you know what an elder brother is. It's like he was a mate of the pastor. They, they, were, they were friends. They used to, don't know, people used to pray in the gardens, you know, back in the day, one of those guys. And he was like an elder. We all look, looked up to him. And this particular guy, he will, after church, he would take us to his house. Because he was the married one amongst the single brothers. So he would take us to his house and his wife would cook. And he said, sometimes he would be dead and he would go and bring wine. Then he said, oh, this one is 2%. <laughs> and he said, oh, this one is harmless. Let's drink. <laughs> you go, this one is 1%. This one is 3%. I just don't know. I'm not going to this guy's place again. Because it's 2%, 3%, 2%. I don't think it's, it's, it's very, you know, it's not very, very spiritual. Because <laughs> after you drink, they, they, they lose talk. You know what I mean? They're very, when I say lose talk, you know what I'm talking about. Loose, reckless talking. Percent, three percent, two percent. I'll, I'll never forget that guy. I stopped going there. I said, like, "You call me, oh, so why aren't you coming after church? So we're going to eat fufu." I said, "No, no, I'm not coming." And and I was hungry. <laughs> I mean, it was like something to look forward to after church. But the two percent and the three percent, and that me, the what really? So it's, it's not. It's just two percent alcohol. It's nothing. And because he was an elder brother, we looked up to. I'm going to talk about prayer. He was when it comes to the word of God. He was when it comes to uh, prophecies and things. He was there. So it's that we looked up to him. He was an he was an elder. I just realized that no, this thing is not going on. It was one had to lose that free meal to be safe. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I said to him, ask for me if. If my spirit doesn't agree with it, I don't have any problem pulling away from you. Easy. I'm not, I don't have that pastoral grace. I'll stay. The thing's pinching me, but I'll still stay. No. I'll get up and leave. I'll cut that friendship ASAP. Amen. So, you see, we need to be willing to renounce the things that is keeping us away from the knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. 2% is not going to help you. I don't gossip. After church, oh, let's go to Nando's. There's no problem. But the conversation that happens there, is it, does it edify? Or is it gossip? You see, fellowshipping with one another is a great thing. But that should not include things that will kill our knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Because sometimes you end up putting your confidence. See, what really got to me was that our confidence was gradually moving from what we knew to be right to this elder brother. Well, he was, and he was leading us astray. <laughs> yeah. He was leading us astray. And because he's like an elder brother, it was so easy for us to follow him. Yeah, but Paul says, I follow me as I follow Christ. If I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. 
Are you with me? So I'm giving permission, including myself. If what I'm saying doesn't align with the word of God, quickly back off. Hallelujah. And don't let anybody intimidate you. Don't let any bishop, any pastor, anybody intimidate you to do what is wrong. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. If it is wrong, it is wrong. It will never ever be right because they said so. I don't care how many dead people you have raised. If you are sleeping with women, it is wrong. Even if in the midst of you are raising the dead, it's still wrong. The reason why some of these so-called prophets, so some of these so-called have infiltrated the church and are doing crazy things is because we have elevated them so much. I mean, was it yesterday or the day before? Somebody wrote, uh, what do you call it? I'm trying to remember the, the, what I saw. But this is, I, I really don't want to mention names in case but this guy is a, a gospel artist. And he wrote that he wrote he wrote on his page that Mr. Gospel Artist, stop sleeping with your backup singers. He just wrote on his page. No name. He didn't write any name, but he is a gospel artist. And he wrote on his page, stop sleeping with your backup singers. And he left it there. See? And it's this elder brother mindset that makes us sometimes know that this is, the, the word of God says this. But no, because elder brother is going, then we all follow. No, don't. You only follow to the point that he's following Christ. Otherwise, count it as loss in order to gain Christ. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Let me move on. Number, go hard after Christ to confirm and justify your call. Verse 8. He says that I count it all as loss of all things. I count as rubbish in order that I may gain what? Christ. Hallelujah. If you want to justify your calling, you will have to. Remember the scripture says that if anyone comes to me, he must take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. Isn't that right? Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. If you want to keep your friendship, you can't follow. If you want to be nice, you can't follow. You will have to kill some friendships. You will have to kill some, some things in order to follow. Amen. The word Christianity is the word or that the word Christ followers, people who have taken up their cross and deny themselves, kill them some things in their flesh, and they are following. So something has to die, or else you are not a Christian. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you're understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. See, I'm counting everything as rubbish, as refuse. Nobody keeps refuse in their bedroom. You don't sleep with refuse. You put it far away from you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. He said, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul or himself? Amen. So you must follow hard after God. 
in order to have assurance that you are a Christian and you are called. Amen. Are we all right? So we need to confirm our inclusion. Amen. Amen. Next one. If we go hard after Christ, it will perfect our imperfections. The way to perfect our imperfections is by going hard after Christ. Verse 12. Go back to verse 12. That's Philippians 3, 12. Not that I have already obtained or I'm already perfect, but I follow hard that I may lay hold for which Christ has laid hold of me. Amen. I am not already perfect. So the reason, the, the, the thing that will perfect my imperfection is my, my following heart. I don't know whether you are reading the same Bible as I'm reading. Or you didn't see, you didn't see it. I'm not, I haven't attained and I'm not perfect. If I want to attain and I want to be perfect, I need to follow and follow hard. The more I follow, the better I become. In uh, 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 Ephesians 4, he says that, that we be no more children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But then we become perfect, isn't it? The, 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 the apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, they are for the perfecting of the saints to make us become matured and make us attained. Are, are you getting what I mean? Take us closer to perfection. So the following takes us closer. Like this word you are hearing is taking you closer than you were before. Uh, or you don't agree. It's making, you, it's making you start thinking a certain way. Not, not everybody in church is perfect. So when they start talking, you must judge what they are saying. Amen. Are we okay? So we must go hard after Christ because we are deficient. Amen. We are deficient in ourselves. So the harder we go, the better. That is why anything that is easy and nice, avoid. Because easy and nice keeps you imperfect. Hard and difficult. We have to push. I had a very interesting conversation yesterday with a, a pastor. And he was like, so this is my um, 5.30 prayers that we've been doing from the beginning of this year. He is sure that, this is him talking, I'm sure that the numbers are reducing. I said, no, on the contrary, the numbers are increasing. <laughs> on the contrary, I said, you see, the reason why you have the church you have is that you like nice things. You like easy things. No, we have not been called to easy things. Somebody says, oh, we are doing too much. In this part of the world, they don't, we don't serve God too much. What does it mean? You are staying in church three hours. You are doing uh, fasting every month. You are doing all night. You are doing this. You are doing this midday prayer, the morning prayer, night prayer. What is this? It's if you are in Africa, you are doing that, it's understandable. But this part of the world, people are busy. I said, that is why you have the church you have. And this was a pastor. He's a pastor of a church. I'm not talking about an ordinary Christian. He's a pastor of a church. We're having this conversation. You see, we must learn how to do hard and difficult things. Yeah. Because it takes us closer. 
not a lot of churches can organize camp meetings. Especially the type of camps we do. We are in, from morning all the way. 12 hours, 14 hours. You, know, you, are, you are using the whole week of your holiday just to come and pray or come and hear the word of God for one whole week. When you can use the holiday to go to Bahamas. Oh, go, go. Oh, you don't go to Bahamas. Oh, drink 2%. <laughs> Please, nobody should drink 2%. <laughs> Amen. Number, number five. We go hard after Christ because he has made us his own. Verse 13. Go to verse 13. Till we come to the unity of... No, 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 no. No, no, no Ephesians. Philippians 3. Philippians 3.13. You see, the first green, they say, come and take your thing. <laughs> That's what church members are like. Oh. <laughs> Brethren, I do not count myself to have a prayer. You know, baby dedication, guy, we will help. <laughs> they won't do any helping. <laughs> they only have one hour. <laughs> one hour, and that's it. You are lucky if you get there for one hour. <laughs> Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press on towards the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You need to press to get into the upward call. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? If you don't press, you won't get it. Christ will not be your own. Amen. The following heart is what makes us his own. That is why he said that many shall come and say, Lord, Lord, and I will say, depart from me. I know you not. And he says, Jesus' messages are very wild though. I don't know whether you've noticed it. He says that broad is the way that leads to death and narrow is the way that leads to life. Why is it narrow? Because the people who are on it, they need to press. The, the road is so narrow, you need pressing. You need a lot of hard following. Otherwise, you will make it. It is not this nice, this Sunday morning type of Christianity. This type of by and by, when the morning comes. No, we need a lot of pressing. Amen. Number Let's read on. So where are we? Verse 15. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. If anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it, even this to you. Hard following is for matured people. Matured people in Christ follow hard. The level of your maturity should be determined by the hunger you have towards following. Not the number of verses you can quote. Not how many tongues you can speak. Or how deep your tongues are. See? The type of people who say they are very spiritual, but when it comes to prayer, you won't find them. When it comes to fasting, they give excuses. When it comes to all night, they, they, are, they are busy. When it comes to, uh, what do you call it, uh, camp, they can't make it. No suspect. What makes you mature is your hunger and test. Oh, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You need to follow a certain way. Otherwise, you will go up. You will leave. You know, one of the things that I, I, I wonder is that Jesus' ministry went like this. 
I don't know whether you've seen it. When he started, he peaked at the time he was feeding the 5,000. Then, John chapter 8, the next day he says, I eat my flesh. Then, the, the, the church went. Somebody's got to be crazy. Then, it was left with 500. By the time he was leaving, they were about 500. Then, before you realize, the 500 had reduced to 120 in the upper room. And that was it. So he went like this. They couldn't follow hard. They couldn't follow hard. They couldn't follow hard. Because they were not ready to eat flesh. They were not ready to be persecuted. They were not ready to live without Jesus. They were not ready to be without the miracle signs and wonders every Sunday. Every day they gather, Jesus is performing a miracle. No, now Jesus is gone. What are we going to live on? Hallelujah. First Timothy 6, 11 and 12. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confession have confessed the goodness good confession in this presence in the presence of many witnesses hallelujah he says that man of god flee from these things these things all the things we have talked about and pursue the word pursue is the same word what follow hard follow hard After righteousness, godliness, faith. When they follow hard after faith, what is he talking about? It means follow after hard after the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when somebody says pursue faith, what they are telling is that pursue the word. Which means when it's weekday service and the weather is cold, be in church. When it says there's camp and there's the word of God is there, go there. Pursue hard after faith. Amen. Amen. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Hallelujah. You have to pursue them. They don't just come. Godliness doesn't just come by virtue of you being around. You have to pursue it. Faith doesn't just come. Love doesn't just come. Patience doesn't just come. Gentleness does not just come. And then he says that fight the good fight. Fight means what? I don't know whether you've seen a fight, uh, fight before. But everybody who fights is committed. You have to be committed to fight. <laughs> you know, have you ever fought somebody who didn't want to fight? Or have you seen two fighters fighting on the street and one didn't want to fight? The one who didn't want to fight is always beaten. Because he's not committed. (laughs) Do you get it? I mean, when you see women fighting, it's so funny. Because they have a way of fisting. (laughs) Some will fist like this. Some will do it like this. And they're like, if you like, come. And they're committed to it. Some, as soon as they, they are coming to fight, they start removing their that They start, then they pull their wig off. Say, it means they are committed to the fight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether you've seen it before. I, I always wonder why they take their earrings off. It shows their commitment to the fight. Do you understand? Because like, they know that I'm going to engage. So they start taking off. They start taking off. They pull their hair because they are ready. The ones who are not ready to remove their ring, their earring, they are not ready to fight. They are not committed to the fight. Amen. So verse 12 says that fight the good fight 
of faith lay hold on eternal life, which means that the laying on of eternal life and it, it, it includes fighting. You have to be really, really, really devoted or really, really engaged, focused on it, on it or otherwise you won't make it. Hallelujah. To which you were called and have confessed. Number seven. Okay, so we end with number seven. Is that okay? Follow hard because heaven is your goal. Verse 15. So go to um, Timothy, uh, Philippians 3.15. Therefore, let as many as are mature have this mind. If Okay, go on, next verse. Nevertheless, to the degree that you have attained, okay, let us walk in the same way, the same judgment. Go on. Go on. Join me. Join in following my example and know those who walk as you, as you have, as a pattern. Go on. We are going to verse 20. For many walk of whom they have been told are the enemies of Christ. Okay, go on quickly. Verse 19. Their end is their destruction. God is their belly is what their God is their belly. Then verse 20 is what? For our citizenship is in where? Heaven, from which also we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So heaven is our goal. Our citizenship is what? Heaven. Amen. So we must follow hard. In John 8, 31, Jesus, after he told the guys they should eat his flesh, and the people said no. Then he said in verse 31, John 8, 31, he said that those who believed, if you abide in my word, then are you my disciples. If you follow to the end, then are you my disciples. Not when you start following. Amen. It is only when you follow hard till the end. Then you become a disciple. So it's not just starting. And five years later, you give up. Ten years later, you give up. No. You follow to the end. Then you become a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. 